welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So we are continuing, as Tyler has said, Courageous Living is the series that we are moving with. We have been going through the story of Elijah and all the things that have um, happened. So to date, we have noticed that Elijah has been the man of the moment. He has been um, doing great things. And I, uh, I would like to assume when we are looking at the life of Elijah, based on the stories that have happened so far, you know, the, uh, the victories, God breaking through for him, it's been like mountaintop kind of experience. He's a man that everyone is celebrating and saying, come on, go Elijah, go Elijah, praise God. But as we will see today, we will realize that life does happen and life throws things at us. And sometimes when these things are thrown at us, it's how we respond to those things that determines the outcome of our lives. Praise the Lord. So the section of scripture that we're going to read is coming from 1 Kings, and it's chapter 19. We will be reading, it's a long passage. So, <laughs> so I think what I'll do is I'll read some sections, I'll explain some sections so that we kind of move with time. I've entitled uh, this part of uh, the message, The Courage to Navigate Through the Valleys. The Courage to Navigate Through the Valleys. Valleys are those um, are moments of life where you feel really low, thrown down, life really pressing you to the corner. The times of life where you walk and you wonder, where am I going? What is my name? What am I doing? What is going on around me? You have no answers, but situations are being thrown at you. Those are the moments that the psalmist says in Psalm 23, though I may walk in the paths that are dark as death, I fear no evil. It means those times do come, and they come to believers as well. They come to the people of faith as well. Praise God. So we are going to read 1 Kings chapter 19. We are aware that um, good things have been happening. God has been showing up, breaking forth for Elijah. So at this point, Elijah is supposed to be in a place where he is confident in God. Because he has seen God breaking through. Even in moments when things were right at the edge, God would break through and do something. But this is now what happens. Elijah has uh, previously uh, killed the prophets of Baal on the shore of at the mountain when he called the fire and fire came down. While the, um, the, 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 the prophets of Baal have been calling their gods for all day long, and God, their God did not turn up. Elijah calls in one line, and God turns up. And so this does not excite the wife of the king, who is Jezebel. And this is the story. And this is the story that we hear these things happen. From verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Uh, and, and what Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets by the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message, a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods 
do to me, and, and more also, if I do not make you, if I do not make your life as the life of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, if I don't kill you in the next 24 hours, the same way that you killed the prophets of Baal, then he says, let the gods kill me. In other words, she was swearing that I am going to kill you, um, Elijah, in the, tw in the next 24 hours. And the next verse says, and when he saw that, and when he saw that, he rose and ran for his life and went through Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself carried, uh, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And there he prayed that he might die. He was that desperate. And said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake, was a cake baked on coal and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he went back to sleep. He is told, Elijah, you cannot afford to be in this state. Rise up, eat, because there is work to be done. Elijah rises up, he eats, and then he went back to sleep. And on the next verse, it says, And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he rose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for the next 40 days and 40 nights. Just for the sake of time, after that, what then transpired? He had an encounter with God. After he ate, he drank and he rose. He had an encounter with God. And after an encounter with God, God sends him out. He said, God said to him, go and anoint. He went after that to anoint the king, the new king, to anoint the new, the prophet that God was raising, and also to anoint the king uh, of uh, Samaria. Praise the Lord. What, what, I am, uh, what I am seeing from here, Elijah is in a state, in a depressive state. He has been up on the top of the mountain. He, life has been moving on. God has been breaking through for him all the way. And people are looking at Elijah and celebrating him. And boom, the threat comes. A message says, Elijah, for what you are doing, for trying to stand for, God, for your God, for trying to prove that your God is greater, I am going to kill you. In the, next, in, the next 24, in the next 24 hours. Praise the Lord. I want us to start to realize that it is in those times when you are up in the high, when you are celebrating God, when you are thinking, that is my God, that sometimes the enemy brings the threats and he, he throws the threats at you. And I want us to start to realize that when we look at Elijah, Elijah hears the threat. He is threatened by uh, one word from this woman, Jezebel. 
throws him into a state of depression. He flees, he runs for his life. He goes and he finds some place to hide under a tree. Under that tree, he asks God, God, I have had enough. Now come and kill me. I want us to see that the woman who has sent the word to him, he is the woman who has introduced the worship of Baal in Israel. But at this point, Elijah is aware. It, it, it's, it's quite an irony that Elijah is aware that the gods that this woman is swearing by, the gods that he is saying, by this time, the gods will kill me if I don't kill you. Number one, these gods are the gods who don't hear when they are called. They, or, or, or they don't respond when they were called. She called, the prophets called these gods by the, by, the, by the mountain, but they did not turn up. One would expect Elijah to be saying, do you know what? I called my God and my God turned up. Whatever you want to do to me, I fear nothing. My God is stronger. My God is mightier. He is higher than any other God. Because God had proven to be that to him. But what happens? Elijah responds by fear, anxiety, and almost in a depressive state. He is like, I want to die. One is asking, what has happened, Elijah? You saw God breaking forth. And you are threatened by somebody whom you are aware their God does not answer when they are called. Their God does not respond. What has happened to you, Elijah? Praise the Lord. It's, uh, it's, it's so amazing how sometimes... Uh, even when we have seen God as at work, when God has broken forth in the most difficult situations, but when certain situations arise, how quick we are to forget that our God is stronger, our God is mightier, and our God is able. Now when you look at Elijah, the first thing you want to, to think is, but what's wrong with this man? Is this not a man of God? Is he not anointed? Is he not full of the spirit of God? Does God not use him? Why is he, why is he doing like this? I want us to start to realize God reveals even in his word. Um, uh, uh, in Psalm 103 verse 14, it says, God remembers that uh, he knows our frame and he remembers that we are flesh. He remembers that we are dust. In other words, God is aware of our weaknesses. God is, our, uh, is aware of our shortcomings. You know, sometimes you look at Elijah, you think, but how can somebody who knows God behave like this? How can you say you are depressed when you know God? How can you say you are anxious but you, when you know God. But I want us to realize that the word of God is full of examples of mighty men and mighty women that God has used over the years. But those people, they have also struggled time and again with issues of fear, anxiety, um, uh, uh, issues of uh, all kinds of uh, mental health issues. Praise God. Sometimes some of these things, we don't want to talk about them. We say, if I say I am depressed, 
people will think there's something wrong with my faith. If I say I am afraid and I'm anxious, people will think I am not a woman of faith. But I want us to understand the word of God clarifies God knows. We, he knows our frame. He understands our weaknesses. And he is ready to, write to, to help us as we bring ourselves to him, vulnerable before, before him. When you look through scripture, we, we, we have just seen that with, um, we have just seen that with Elijah. He is experiencing mountaintop, mountaintop miracles. But suddenly, he is afraid. He is anxious. He is depressed. He, is, he even wants to die. We see the same thing with, Eli, with, uh, uh, with Jonah. Jonah goes to preach in Nineveh. After preaching and there is a mighty revival, the next thing that you hear, he is under a tree and he, he is saying, God, I want to die. He is depressed. We look at Peter. Peter walks with Jesus. He sees miracles that uh, Jesus was performing. He does miracles even himself by his, by his hands through the power of Jesus Christ. But what happens when the dark times came, when Jesus was arrested? He denied completely that he does not know Jesus. Why is that? He was afraid. He was anxious. He was running for his life. But one thing that we know, because of uh, uh, because we, we, are, we are just flesh, we are weaker. God does not turn a blind eye on us and say, you have got a problem, you have no faith. But he is a God who turns up for us even in our lowest times. He stretches his hand and he's ready to touch and to lift us. Praise God. We are living in times where mental health issues are at, 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 at just everywhere. You hear of uh, issues of suicide, even with young children. You hear issues of uh, self-harm, depression, anxiety. You hear all kinds of things that are breaking uh, people's hearts, breaking families. And sometimes I want to think, uh, where is the church of God? Has, what is the church of God contributing? You know, we as the church of God, we are to be the lighthouse, the place where people are comfortable to open up of their fears, their anxieties, without fear of being judged. You know, sometimes people are really struggling with mental health issues, but they've convinced themselves that if only I had enough faith, I would not be afraid. If only I had enough faith, I think there's something wrong with my faith. I think I'm not standing right with God. But I want us to learn as we look at the story of Elijah, that Elijah, powerful, mightily used by God as he was, he found himself afraid depressed, almost wanting to die. Praise God. So one thing that excites me is that God does not hide the, uh, the fact that we are infallible. He does not hide it throughout scripture. Even David, a great man of God, there's times that he would cry out, like I don't know what to do with my life. Praise God. And I want us to be thinking even this, this morning, as children of God, as we are looking at Elijah, Elijah is a man who has experienced probably a lot of miracles that we have not experienced in person. But when the situations arise, they threw him deep into the dump that he could not find his way out. He could not find how to navigate his way out. You know, in this season, I just sense in my heart, it is, it's a time where people are crying out for help. You know, when somebody, when, when we talk about self-harm, 
When we talk about the depression, when we talk about uh, suicide, probably someone is crying out for help. He's saying, uh, can you not hear me? Can somebody hear my cry? Can somebody hear me calling? And they feel unheard. Or sometimes they feel unlistened to. I want us to start to realize as the church of God, the, uh, for, for Elijah, it says an angel came, tapped Elijah and said, Elijah, arise, arise, arise and walk, arise and walk. And in my spirit, I'm just sensing in this season, God is calling us as the church. You see, when, us are, when we arise from our own uh, places of darkness, as we allow God to help us navigate through, we'll be looking at that in a minute, as we rise up, and we become strong. We become the strength to the next person. And that is the idea of family. As church, we exist to, to be strength to one another. When I am in the valley, you are probably on the top of the mountain. And you stretch your hand, reach out to me, and you pull me up. And this, um, this thought that us as the church of God, we are all sorted. We are full of the spirit and we are done. God remembers that we are flesh. He gave us his spirit, but sometimes our flesh talks too much and dominates and God is aware of that. And that is okay. And that is why we exist for one another. Praise God. I'm kind of uh, crossing um, myself ahead. Praise God. But I pray that we are, we, are, we are moving together this morning. Praise the Lord. You know, in the times that we are weak, that is when the power of God is made manifest. In the times when we, are, when we are weak, in times of our weakness, that's when the power of God is broken that we will see the move, the move of God. Praise the Lord. Now back to our, our passage in Elijah. We, hear, we see that Elijah runs away. He is afraid. He knows that God can break, uh, can break through for him. He has seen him doing it. But at this point, he is threatened to an extent that he is not able to realize what God can do. In this able, the, the darkness just covered him. He cannot remember how mighty and how powerful his God is. It took an angelic visitation to pull him out of that, uh, of that situation, to pull him out of that fear and that anxiety and that depression. It took an angelic visitation. Praise God. Now when we start to look, there are some things that Elijah, that we can see that actually Elijah, that allowed Elijah to keep sinking down. To keep sinking down. Yes, challenging times come. Yes, we find ourselves in that corner. But we are not to stay in that place. It is not God's idea that we stay in that place of uh, depression, that place of fear and anxiety. But the plan of God, in as much as he knows that we get through those times, his plan is that we rise up from those places. The reason being that God has got work for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. When God created you, he put 
he put stuff inside you so that you may rise up and be a source of courage for another person. You rise up and be a source of strength for another person. But we are not able to recognize that when we allow ourselves to stay in that place. You know, sometimes when you are in that depressive state, state of fear, anxiety, it is easier to just hide away and avoid everyone. Hide away, don't tell anyone what's going on, just avoid the people. But this morning I sense God calling us to arise and start to navigate our way out of that. And somebody might be asking, how do I navigate out? But we can see, let's look briefly on Elijah. One thing that Elijah did in verse 4, or that Elijah said, that kept him deep in that place until the angel had to come and trigger him to arise. One thing that he, he, uh, that he did, he was talking to himself. And what he was talking, number one, it was not true. It was, um, it was just a way of finding fault for himself so that he justifies why he is afraid, depressed, and anxious. The Bible says in verse 4, it says, uh, uh, so Elijah, you know, he, he, he went on the run, and part B of that verse, it says, uh, and he, he said to, to himself, for I am, I am no better than my fathers. In other words, he started to talk himself down. I am nothing. I am helpless. There is something wrong with me. I'm not any better than, than my fathers. And one question that comes to me, your fathers did not call the fire and the fire came. Your fathers did not, uh, did not make a prophetic declaration and food did not run out through the time of drought. Your father did not pray and it rained after years of drought. What has gone wrong with you? But Elijah he's like, oh, me, I'm not any better. You know, I'm not better. Other people are prettier than I am. Other people, they've got common sense. Me, I'm useless. Or look at other people's families. Everything is nicely shaped, but me, there's confusion in my family. Look at my marriage. You know, there's all chaos. Look at them. They love one another. The game of starting to, to compare and to complain. And so there was that conversation that drew him deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, sometimes it is those conversations that we do with ourselves that will either build us or break us. Elijah was going deep into depression. He was going even further to talk about his ancestors and how he is so bad that even his ancestors are better than him. Who told you that, Elijah? Who told you you are not beautiful? Who told you that you, you, you have no common sense? Who told you that there's something wrong with, your, with the structure of your family? Who told you there's a problem? Hallelujah. So he, he, he starts, he starts to, to talk and talk, and it is that self-talk that sent him deep. And I want to say the point number one, how to navigate yourself. You have got to start to watch your self-talk. People say 80% of the time you are talking to yourself. It's only 20% that you talk to everyone else. The rest of the time in the night when you are sleeping, when you are in the shower, you are talking to yourself. And the only way to start to navigate out of that dark valley is to watch what you are telling yourself. You know, it should not be a sermon on Sunday that you only hear, but the sermons that you preach to yourself. You have got to start to preach to yourself. 
and start to say, tell yourself, my God is greater. My God is mightier. He can do far above what everyone, uh, what everyone can expect. Praise the Lord. It's the conversations that are going on. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your future? What are you telling yourself about everything that concerns you? It's turning that language and start to speak what God speaks concerning you. We are talking about navigating out of the valley. You are in the deep valley. You feel like you are helpless. You feel like you cannot rise again. You feel like you are dumped forever. Instead of saying, oh, me, I don't even know. I'm just here to die. There is nothing else that I can do. Uh, you know, this situation, I don't know how. It's starting to say, I know that I serve a God who is more than able. It is dark in this valley, but I know God will make a way because it is his habit to make a way where there seem to be no way. I will come out of this pit one day. God will lift me up. I know God will make a way and I will be celebrating his goodness. You know, the more you talk to yourself what God says, what you are speaking to yourself becomes what you are feeling. Because some of the things that we are feeling, it's because of what we have been telling ourselves. The, but most of the battle is nothing to do with what people have said. But most of the battle is what you have said to yourself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The word of God in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And so you have got to be speaking that word of God so that faith keeps coming. If you don't speak the word and what God says, faith will start to dwindle and die. But when you start to speak and you are hearing yourself speak, you are hearing the promises of God, your faith will start to work stronger and the darkness will start to break and we see the light coming. Because the word of God brings light. The entrance of the word of God brings light. Praise the Lord. The second thing navigating through from in the valleys uh, is uh, decide what you think. Decide what you think. When you look at Elijah, he was thinking his own thoughts. And his own thoughts were completely different from the thoughts of God. And what he was thinking, he was thinking, uh, what is going to happen now? This woman said she wants to kill me. And so she is going to kill me. And my death is going to be an embarrassing death. What is everyone going to think? People will say that man who was worshiping God was killed. And this is so bad. I don't like this. And what does that do? It spiraled him deep, deep, deep until he said, now God, you better come and kill me before all these things happen. But the things that he was anticipating to happen, they were not real. They were things that were originating from what he was thinking. And his thinking was, uh, uh, his, the, his way of thinking was becoming uh, perverted, wrong ways of thinking. You know, sometimes it is uh, wrong ways of thinking that we entertain, that will, that will uh, wax us uh, into deeper and deeper and deeper fear. The more you think about it, the more afraid you become. The more you think about it, the more depressed and anxious you become. So it's watching what you are thinking. And the word of God tells us to do that. And this is what the word of God says in uh, Philippians chapter 4. Very common verse, verse. But I want us to be thinking about this verse when it comes to what am I thinking every moment? 
I am in this dark valley. I am in a situation that I don't know how to come out. Maybe it's a, a big setback that hits your life. Maybe it's something to do with your relationships. They seem not to be working. Maybe it's to do with confusion in the family that seem not even uh, uh, to, 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 to come and, and, and for you to be able to see what is going on. It can be anything. Maybe it's uh, expectations that have remained unfulfilled. But what are you thinking when you look at those things that seem not to be lining up with your desires. And this is what the word of God says. It says, finally, it's chapter 4 of Philippians, and it's verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, things that are lovely, whatsoever things that are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, think of these things. Praise the Lord. Think we are being told to stop thinking about the fear and what's going to happen in this situation and how they are going to destroy you and how this is going to, to be embarrassing and what everyone is going to think. It says you manage your thinking. Think of the things that are beautiful, that are wonderful, that are praiseworthy. The things that God promises, let those be the, the, the thinking that continues to move in your own mind. Praise the Lord. And the third thing, which is the final thing, is, the, uh, is what we see in verse, uh, in verse 7, where Elijah is told, arise and eat. Arise and eat, because the journey is too long. You, know, you need to eat for the sake of the journey. I want us to understand that we are a, a holistic being. We are, we, we are physical, we are spiritual, and we are also emotional beings. We have got a mind, we have got emotions. And all those things are affected by what we speak, by what we, what we hear, by what we listen to, by what we watch. So when Elijah is told, arise and eat for him, he was, uh, it was his physical body that he saw the cake and he ate. But I want us to stop for a minute and think. I said we are a holistic being. Maybe for us, it's not the, the food for the physical body that we need for the strength that we, for the emotional strength that we need, for the spiritual stamina that we, that we need. But we have got to uh, arise and eat. Because sometimes when you are in a deep and dark valley, the enemy wants to silence you. He wants to shut you up and he wants to isolate you in a place where you find no help. But the, the message is arise and eat. What are you eating is the question I want to ask us. You know, these days that we are living, there is a lot of information everywhere. And the sad thing is lots of information to our destruction. You want to see the most immoral things, it's available for you. You want to see the most violent, fear-triggering things, they are available, whatever you want. But the choice is arise and eat for your spirit and for your soul. What you are eating, what is it doing to your emotions? We know that our eyes and our ears, they are the gateway to our souls. They are the gateway. They, make the, they transport information. That will come out as emotions. What are you feeding to? What are we feeding, me included? What are we feeding to our minds? With all the information, what is there? Sometimes you don't know. 
Why do I act in, in immoral ways and I regret it all the time? What, just look back. What are you feeding into your, into your mind? Why am I always anxious? Why am I always afraid? You want to look back. What sort of things are you allowing into your mind? Are you allowing into your soul? Elijah was told, arise and eat. He had to eat the right thing. I want us to be thinking, what is it that we are feeding our minds? What is it that we are allowing? Because what we allow in our minds will manifest as emotions. I want us to understand. Somebody might be saying, ah, but me, I never. I'm not uh, talking about uh, everyone that you are afraid because you watched this. But we have got that risk in our, in our, in our generation. There will be some who are exempt. But uh, most of the time, it's the things that we have exposed ourselves. Sometimes even young children, some of the things that they are being exposed to, and you wonder, my, my child is having nightmares. What happened? Maybe there are things that uh, they have found access to and they are watching and you are not aware. We are in a dangerous season. But we've got to watch what is it that we, that we are feeding. Praise the Lord. And the exciting thing or the thing that is worth celebrating, when we have navigated ourselves, when we, when we have navigated by the hand of God, isn't that exciting? That yes, we are navigating. I want to eat, and I want to eat the right things. I want to arise, and I want to arise in power. But I don't have to do it in my own strength. That is why Jesus died on the cross. Because God knew that we cannot do it. We are just but flesh. He knows our frame. But Jesus died on the cross. That every time I realize I am sinking down, I can lift my eyes to Jesus, and I can start to speak the, his word, I can start to declare the victory that I have in Christ Jesus. And his hand is not shortened. He is always having his hands open to welcome you. And he is the one who will strengthen you. He will lift you and he will cause you to overcome. Praise the Lord. Elijah, the great man of God who became depressed, but he navigated out. With the, with, with the visitation of the angel. I want us to be thinking, we might be the ones who are stuck in, in some fear, anxieties, unable to progress. I want us to be thinking that we have the purposes of God that we carry. Our society, our communities, our families, they are waiting for us for strength, for encouragement. But unless we have navigated ourselves and find our strength in Jesus, we may not be able to help the next person, individual, even as a church. And as a church, when we are emotionally broken, when we are afraid, we will not be effective in our society. Our society that is so, uh, that is, uh, so troubled by issues of mental health. But I sense that God is calling us to be the lighthouse where those who are burdened, those who are afraid, those who are depressed, they will know that when I encounter that place, that church, there are people there that God is using, that God is breathing on, and we can become the place where the problem that is a, that is a havoc in our community can be resolved. For Elijah, when he rose, he ate and he drank. 
It says for 40 days he was going. 40 days and 40 nights he was going. And the work that was waiting for him to anoint the other, the, the other prophet who was taking after him, to anoint the king, he, 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 that work was waiting for him. If he had stayed in his depressive state, that work was going to remain unattended to. And I just sense God calling us this morning. I don't know what is uh, what might be happening in your own life. I don't know what situations uh, have locked you in some corner. I don't know what fears and anxieties uh, might be holding you back. Uh, disappointments, uh, whatever, unfulfilled uh, desires and passions. Uh, maybe pain of regrets, uh, whatever it could be. I sense God saying this morning, run into the arms of Jesus. Because he is ready. He is the one who gives you the strength to navigate. He is the one who helps you to think the right thoughts. He is the one who helps you to speak the right things. He is the one who helps you to say, uh-uh, you don't watch, you don't listen to those things because they are the source of your problems. And I just sense God doing something fresher this morning. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centerchurch.uk or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.